Welcome back to the podcast, Conversation with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago land. And I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz. And we are going to have a conversation with someone from our church today because we believe that everyone has a story. But before we get into that, uh, we're going to have a conversation about something else, which is whatever we want to talk about in the current moment. What are we talking about today, Tommy? You know, there's just so many things that we can always talk about. The Tommy, world is a big like, place. What I'd like to have happen today is, yes. is uh, something that I hope in the future we're able to do. I okay. would like to ask you some questions, and I would like you to ask me some questions. Perfect. Okay. okay? Yeah, like That uh, way that each, each of us gets a chance to ask each other questions. Yeah. I like this All game. Are right, you ready for my... my I'm yeah, you're going to go first? Okay, you're the host now. All right. I'm kidding. Um... Tommy, you don't recycle. Uh, I. Why not? What do you mean? You don't. I don't? No, people here in Chicago <laughs> and you in particular, and you don't recycle. You've been watching me? No, Big but brother? You but you don't. We do at home. Do you? Yeah, we do. Why is it that people here don't recycle then? Uh, at the church. No, in Chicago in general. I don't know. I, we honestly do at home. We, we have a whole... We don't recycle everything. Do you separate stuff out? Where I used to... To be fair, I actually don't know all of the recyclable... Like, what can you put in your recycling bin? There are some things that are... Usually plastics and cans, and sometimes is, glass will be that, that way. Which we do. I've lived places mm -hmm. where you have to separate out certain things, like yeah. organic things. Correct. Not, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And... And some things cannot go... And, yeah, some things cannot go in your recycle bin. No but are still considered recyclable. Right. But they're, it's just a different... So why isn't this yeah. a thing here, though? Like in, in Chicago, yeah. if I go to someone, someone uh, like a store, yeah. there's, it's rare yep. that well, some place in the Chicago suburbs yep. have, even in downtown Chicago, they, they have a, like a, a recycle bin and the, a the, trash bin. The only place that I see this like most demonstrated is at like a Starbucks. Yes. If you go to Starbucks, they have like from a place... Seattle. Yeah, it, yeah. So that's a, a very West Coast yeah. thing is recycling really, yeah. and uh, it's interesting. Caring for the planet. Okay. Yeah. It's just West it's just, Coast stuff. I <laughs> yeah. guess so. Well, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> We're in the middle of the country, Jeff. All right. I think We're people, not at risk of falling off of the country. We don't have to worry about stuff like that. We're people, in the middle. People here are always saying, ah, it goes to the same place anyway, which <laughs> it probably does. I don't, I don't know. I just don't understand the... I don't think that's true, though. I don't think it goes to I the same know. place, does it? Yeah. I still feel bad when I have to throw the can away. Yeah. Because we don't have a, a... Yeah, we do not hear. Recycle stuff. <laughs> we only have black trash cans here. Yeah. No blue. No. Although some places. Yeah. Not many, though. All right. Very rare. You can ask me a question. Now. All right. My question... Oh, man. Well, uh, what my, my question is... Uh, barbecue. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you love it? So when you say barbecue, I mean there are smoked meats. Yes, yes, I do like with I a delicious like sauce, perhaps lovely barbecue. I will tell you this. All right, that uh, I like. I don't like a lot of pulled pork because it okay. tastes too much like pork. Sure, but oh. I have some friends. Yeah, one in particular. Yes, who owned a uh, Portuguese beef house in. Um, in Canada. And he made the best pulled pork I have ever had or will ever have. I've, I've tried it at other places and I'm like, not, not, not as good. Not as good. So that's the, that is the metric in which you judge yeah. all other embers, pork. Yeah. embers in mission, 
British Columbia. So if you're ever there, embers. You have to go to embers. It is unbelievable. Interesting. How good the pulled pork is there. Now, have you ever have you ever have you had the different types of regional barbecues in the United yes, States? Yes, I have. I've had some well, Kansas in, City barbecue. You were I lived in Dallas. Yeah, so you've uh, had Texas brisket. Yeah. Um, I've also eaten uh, the Memphis barbecue. I was yep. there a while ago. I've had Nashville barbecue. Yeah. Have you had any North South Carolina barbecue? No, I don't. Okay. I don't know the difference. I will tell you the best barbecue I've ever eaten in my life is a, at a hole in the wall place uh, in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, and I don't know while we were there. Yeah, and also <gasps> I'm going to give recommendations to everybody who's going to travel <laughs> to California. Right, if you're ever in San Diego, California, yeah, you just drive a little bit up the coast to a little town called Oceanside. Yep, it's actually overrun with military personnel because the military base is right next to it, okay? Around the main street of Oceanside, California, is a little place called Dat Boy Good, okay? And it's from, the the people there are from New Orleans. Oh, okay. And I'm telling you right now, they have these things called dirty fries. Yeah. You're welcome. Dat Boy's good. Dat Boy good. (laughs) So if you're planning a trip to California, yeah. you're going to yes, be in San go. Diego, go to Dat Boy Good in Oceanside, California. Wow. You will not be disappointed. So you do like barbecue? Ah, uh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay. My friend and I, when we were in Dallas, we were uh, visiting Dallas. Did you ever go to Franklin's? No. Okay. We were visiting Dallas and we went, we just, we thought, well, we'll go to a, a barbecue place. Uh, and we went to one and then we got out of the car and he looked around. We were both pastors. He looked around and realized that there were very little, very small outfits on the women mm. in serving this. Yes. And he, we, we stopped outside and he looked online and he goes, oh, this is like beef hooters. Oh. So I did. Yeah. So we decided not to go in there. That's good. But it got huge ratings online. Mm. So I don't know. What's your best barbecue Ever. 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 How about in Chicago? We're local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Local. Local barbecue. Best Chicago barbecue. Yeah, so I just got back from a really great one, Where? which is Big Angie's on 14. Really? Right here in Rolling Meadows, right down the road, five minutes. It's pretty great. Big Angie's. Yeah. And what do you or get? Big Angie's. I don't know how you say it. Big Angie's? Or sure. What, bi- what, what? I got the uh, tri-tip sandwich today. Ooh. It was very good. That's why I, you know, that's why I wanted to ask you. Okay. It's very recent in my mind. There's also a place in Elgin called Elgin Barbecue. And uh, they uh, did a brisket taco that was just like fantastic, pretty amazing. But I was also um, very recently in North Carolina um, preaching over the weekend. And uh, it was amazing. They'd have incredible barbecue down there Yeah, before too. we start this this uh, this talking to our dear friend Talbot today, yes. uh-huh. who I'm sure has got some good opinions about barbecue. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kentucky boy. Yeah. I can't wait to Why hear. do you travel all over the world to preach sermons? <laughs> First off, I don't. You are the most, you I are. You've got know. your own like little itinerant meat preaching things. <laughs> I don't. Ladies it's, and gentlemen, uh, Tommy Crates Ministries. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Crates Ministries. If you Ministries. want to donate to Tommy Crates Ministries, <laughs> you can. There is no donation. He's, uh, it is <laughs> For donations over $20, he I think will it's been, cut a couple pieces off of his mustache and send it yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's like manna from heaven. And for love uh, gifts over fifty dollars, um, Tommy will give you one of his free shirts from Harvest Bible Chapel, which I have many. So, 
Uh, yeah, no, I well, you do. You preach everywhere every year. You preach at like six, seven different places. It's been two people fly you all over the <laughs> it's place. It's been two, two places, uh, with people who I've previously worked with. All right. Whom, whom we love each other. So they, we haven't seen each other in a while and, uh, they wanted to hang out mostly. Okay. The preaching was, you know, a side gig. It was a side. Yeah. Okay. It was mostly for the hangs, but I was in North Carolina and they had some great barbecue. Right. Apparently there's a big war. That goes on between North Carolina, South Carolina barbecues. All right. Apparently they're different and it's. All right. We're going to get some input on yeah. this from. Uh, from our friend. Yes. Um, who we're going to talk to in a second. Next time though, the tune, in, tune in while I ask Tommy <laughs> when a mustache. Mm. Dies. When, <laughs> dies. When the mustache <laughs> needs to go away. When a mustache dies. Uh, maybe soon. We'll see. My wife would like that. All right. Well, we've got a conversation. With our southern friend, um, Talbot Bankin, who is the superintendent of Harvest Christian Academy. You guys are going to have a conversation because everyone has a story and we're going to get into it right now. I'm sitting here with Talbot Benkin from Kentucky. Where in Kentucky? Grayson County. Grayson? Grayson County. Thank you. Grayson County. It's 100 miles southwest of Lexington. Okay. Farm country, tobacco country, very small rural area. All right. How many, fa- how many family members do you have? There are uh, five of us, my parents, and I have two sisters. Okay. One older, one younger. And do they all live in Grayson County still? No, none of us live in Grayson County. Where do you it's all live? Very now? sad. We all live in Illinois. What? Yeah. Why? I, we all married Illinoisans. 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 I don't know. Illinoisans. So yeah, my older sister um, married. Well, he, she married a guy who lived in Illinois. Daniel has a wonderful story. He was from Lebanon. And oh, grew yeah. up like in Beirut, like in the in the mountains in Lebanon. And um, my younger sister married a, a Illinois farm kid, and they both settled here. And so um, when my parents decided to stop working, they moved here because all their grandkids lived in Illinois. So they're the only people who've ever retired to Illinois. Wow. Purpose. Yeah. And everybody now is moving from Illinois to like Kentucky, and we're countercultural. Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. We're suffering for the Lord. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Talbot, before we get into this, what are the biggest things that you miss from the South? Mm. The sound of how we talk. Yeah. Sounds really good. It does. Yeah. And uh, I do miss that. I'm, I'm one, of, one of the sad parts of my life is that my kids don't have a Kentucky accent. Yeah. Yet. They, they, uh. They did a recent, recent, I say they, I read on Twitter the other day, this, this list, some, some company did a survey about what is the most attractive accent mm. and across the world. And the Southern American accent was at the very top. I like that. It's not Chicago. <laughs> no, I know. Sh- shocking. Yeah, I know. Shocking that Chicago didn't get it. No, I do miss that though. And I miss like the pace of life a little bit. And, um, how so 
it's a slower pace than ours. And um, like people are just more not as worried about getting it done. I think it's just like less harried, yeah. less urgency, and more like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I I've ca- met a lot I of Southern guys, that. though. They're not less hairy at all. <laughs> harried. Or oh, hurt, or sorry, hairy. Harried, yeah. yeah. Either, either one. I know. Uh, yeah, I caved into that pretty fast after we moved. Um, that's like a regional thing, I think, for us. But, yeah, and I really love Kentucky basketball, and I miss the chance to see them, but we follow from afar. Okay. Yeah. Why not Louisville? Oh. Well, my dad hates no man. He's a wonderful man, but he does hate Louisville. Yeah. And so, yeah, right. I mean, like we hate, we do hate them. In, in in a loving kind of way, but yeah, yeah. Well, they're rival kind. Yeah, of right. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. want you don't want to you don't want ill will to come about them. Yeah, unless it's like the earth opening up and yeah. swallowing them whole. Right. Yeah. yeah that's I how have I, feel. I have friends who are Louisville fans, and we really relish their torture, and they relish any torture we have. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kentucky basketball has not been the greatest the last few years. You're right. They were really great for a while there, and then yeah. all of a sudden something happened. What happened? You know, I don't know. It's um. Since our kids have been born, um, they haven't been. They've only had one really good year, and so I don't want to blame my kids for this, but I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if they're the, <laughs> they're the bad luck it, charm. I don't think that's it, but I I really hope that they get good again because really, we only if you really love Kentucky basketball, you only have so many seasons right. to live. Right, and you want to make the most of them. So John Calipari, what is he? He should go now, right? No, I'm. I think he's a really good guy. Yeah. But. But I think he's a really good guy. All right. Uh, it's, I, all right. I'd like to have somebody else. Kentucky basketball. All right. Kentucky had a big football team this year. So that was. A, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. They do football. Everybody's ecstatic if they do well in football because yeah. it's unexpected. Do you support all things Kentucky? Yeah. All sports Kentucky? Yes. I have a very good friend who uh, is married to a girl who was on the Kentucky women's volleyball team. Uh huh. So, and they live now. I think they live in Lexington now. Is it Lexington? That's where yeah, the university Lexington. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they live in Lexington now. But oh, yeah. that's cool. He's a Canadian. He was dying to get out of Canada during COVID, like losing his mind trying to get out of Canada. Which is not the only, he's not the only person. There's a lot of people in Canada who were dying to get out of Canada because of the COVID. I had people coming up to me and saying, is there any way? Did they ask you to take a list? Tell me, no, tell me how it is that I can get residence in the States. It was crazy. It was crazy. I I said, well, man, you could probably just go to the Southern border and file as a, as an asylum seeker. (laughs) You'd probably be fine. Asylum for Canada. They won't even stop you. (laughs) Um, they could come and teach at HCA. There you go. Yeah, maybe we could do that. Yeah. Um, so Talbot, you uh, you grew up in this little town. Yeah, you're a tall guy. You must have grown up playing basketball. I did. Yeah, that was that was my favorite growing up. Okay, and uh, I loved all sports, but especially basketball. And that was my favorite as as especially as I kept growing. Were you good? Oh uh, yeah, I was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The, um, what was your best? basketball night what like when you think back mm. to the best basketball memory that you have playing oh yeah um for sure it, it wasn't my best personal night but it was a dream yeah so my junior year we had a terrific team and in Kentucky the, the Illinois version is kind of like the elite eight um okay. but in Kentucky they play the entire sweet 16 in one place over the course of four days mm. and just one class 
and it, it's played at Rupp Arena. Oh, wow. So if you're a kid in Kentucky, you grow up dreaming of that. And so the team that I was on, the Grayson County Cougars, um, and the, they had the 30th reunion last weekend of this. That's mm-hmm. how long ago it was. We got to play in Rupp Arena, and there's nothing like it. I don't feel like I touched the floor the whole the whole time. <laughs> what position do you play? I played center then. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty tall. Yeah. How tall are you? Six four. Okay. Yeah. And coming from a small town. Well, for a that's country about team, as big yeah. As you're that, get. Yeah. Yeah. Did you win much? Did you guys win much that year? You had a really yeah, good team? Yeah, we had a really good team that year. The next year, we weren't quite as good. Um, but, yeah, we, we won our fair share Yeah, for sure, yeah. Was basketball the only thing you played? Did you play football? No. Um, actually, I did not play football then. I loved baseball growing up. Okay. That was actually my favorite until I was about 14. And um, I, I started playing tennis because the high school tennis coach recruited all the little elementary school kids because in Kentucky you can do that. Mm. You can play high school tennis as an elementary kid. <laughs> and, uh, and I did that and enjoyed it. And, uh, and uh, I played golf growing up too. Okay. Yeah. Do you still play golf? I do. Not as much as I'd like, but yeah. What's your handicap? Oh, do you have a handicap? No. Or do, like, what's your best round ever? Best round ever. Um, I shot an 81. That's good. At a, yeah, I, I was playing great. Yeah. I had a, at, a, at a course out in the country close to where I grew up. Okay. Lafayette Golf Club. All right. They probably have two followers to your podcast, or maybe they have three now. Well, now, yes. Now that yeah, we mentioned right, it, I know, yeah. it's going to go viral. It might give me a free, We're the biggest free pod- round of golf. We're the biggest podcast yeah. in Grayson yeah. County. Right. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> At least yeah. we are for this one. Oh. So you grew up in a, in a family, family, a Christian family? Yes. Yeah, my, my parents are really wonderful, godly people. And, um, and yeah, they um, we grew up going attending a Southern Baptist church, okay. small. Yeah. Like, at first, like a sort of big for the size of the town, but then like a very small one was most of the time I was there. And I uh, think like a couple hundred people. And, um, but they're just, they've just been really, like my whole life, I can't remember a time where they, I didn't view them as like just really faithful, consistent believers. Yeah. Yeah. Love God's word and reading the Bible through every year for 40 years straight. Wow. Things like, yeah, just real consistent and dedicated. What's unique about a Southern Baptist church? Mm. Like what's different <laughs> from Southern Baptist church than other churches? What would I experience if I went to a Southern Baptist church? Yeah, well, the ones I grew up in, very, like, reserved. Like, mm-hmm. if anybody ever, like, raised their hands or anything like that, they would have been, like, a, it would have been, like, a real wild thing. Okay. Yeah, somebody would have been, like. Spirit they was really yeah, moving. They would have thought you were a charismatic church. You were just yeah. at the wrong place or something like that. And uh, that so it was really reserved, like, from a worship standpoint. And only old hymns and hymns. And um, I do remember, like. They didn't, they never preached about it, but there was like the understanding of certain things that were taboo, like kind of dancing was pretty sort of taboo and okay. which probably was like it, my favor in the long run, even though I probably didn't like it. And like, just like the things that they're like the extra biblical things. Yeah. That, yeah. It's hard yeah. to, it's hard eventually to grow up in that because you're, yeah. Yeah. I just, I know a lot of friends who grew up in similar kinds of churches, not Southern Baptists. When you're from the North, like me, Southern Baptists are like, all the, all that's going through your mind the whole time is the civil rights movement or whatever. And oh, you're yeah. like Southern Baptist. That's the most weird. But since then I've come to know lots of Southern Baptist churches and all those things. And I kn- realized that my understanding as a young, younger man was wrong. And I, I have been to a couple, they do a lot of yeah. altar calls. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like definitely at the end of gospel, definitely altar call. Yeah. yeah. There's a friend of ours in seminary. She came with us to our church 
uh, she and her husband, and she'd never been to anything but a Southern Baptist church. And then so at the end of the service that we went to, it, it was over, and she stood up, and she looked around at all the people, and she, she leaned over to me and she said, when, when is the altar call? <laughs> and I said, I don't, we, they don't do one here. Is this a Christian church, she said? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, every Sunday morning and night, because yeah. we went to church Sunday nights too, and um, there was an altar call at both sermons yeah. by the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Come forward. Big time. Yeah. And so I've heard, yeah, I hear from some Southern Baptist people I know who are like, man, I, I got saved like 15 times, you know, in <laughs> two years. So Did they go forward like, every time? Ah, they came forward a lot, yeah. you know. Yeah. Then the pastor sometimes would sneak in. It's not this one. This coming forward is not about salvation. It's about committing yourself to whatever the thing is that I just preached about. So, it. But it was the it was the way that you responded was through this altar call all the time. So, uh, did you dream about staying there all your days? Was that something like when you grew up as a Kentucky kid? Mm. Did you think to yourself, "Nah, I want to I want to move out of here," uh, or did you have a real love in your heart for it and think, "I'm going to be here"? I think I wanted to see the see what was out here because it's a, it is such a small area and and my my mother grew up around here and my dad grew up in Michigan and so like it w- we traveled to visit our grandparents like distances and so I got to see places like that and I wanted to see it um, but I have this huge love for it and affection for it that might even be stronger because I'm not there yeah you know, it's been 20 years since I've lived there but yeah. it's still like deep in my heart would you, know? you would your wife go back and live there. With you, I think you, under the right circumstances. I mean, obviously yeah. she'd go with you, but yeah. it, like if you asked her and said, "Misty, we're gonna go to Grayson County." I don't know if she'd go to Grayson <laughs> County. It, I think it's a little too rural. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think she. I think she could love it, but I don't know if she's ready to pull that trigger yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in, you go through high school mm-hmm. and you're playing basketball through high school. Were there yeah. any other extracurricular activities or things that you were really into when you were a kid? Mostly sports. Okay. Yeah. Most, yeah, it, it was, I did sports all the time and that, that was probably mostly it. Yeah. I love collecting baseball cards when I was a little kid. Really? I was talking to a guy about that recently. Yeah. Cause I hadn't done it in so long, but I used to spend all my money on that when I was like up to, I was about 14, you still 13. Have oh yeah. They're in the closet. Yeah. I'm going to take them and one of these days. Yeah. 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 You're going to go down. You're Chris Keller's going to help me out. He's going to like, uh, take a look at them and tell me they're He's worth gonna- about. 30 cents or something. And he's going to come across that Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, and you're going to be like, boom. Yeah. I'm in it. You can go to college now, kids, is what I'm going to say. Totally. That's right. So when you went to college, where'd you go? Taylor University. Okay. Why? Um, I got to know the school. It's in Indiana. It is, yeah, in Upland, Indiana. Again, in the the fields, in the cornfields. I got to know the school um, by visiting there with my parents from homecoming because they went to school there. And, um, that's where I first got to go. And I used to go to basketball camp there when I was a little kid, but my plan actually was to go to the air force Academy and oh. I was, um, pretty set on going and kind to of go to the air force Academy. You have to be in the air force. No, but you, you kind of in the in service academies, you kind of make a commitment to serve for a certain number of years afterward. Okay. At the time, I think it was like six years afterward. Right. And um, I was all set to do that, and the very last part of the physical, um, like, knocked me out of it. And so I kind of changed gears and, and ended up going to Taylor. That was always, like, on the table, but the first choice was the Air Force Academy. Right. Yeah. So you went there. Did you meet your wife there? I sure did. How did you meet her? I met her on uh, – we got to know each other. We actually had our first class ever together there. 
And I made such an impression on her that it took a couple years before I could convince her to date me. Um, <laughs> but we went on a mission. What was the class? Um, expository writing, Dr. William Fry, 730, In the Monday, morning. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. Yeah, 730. She caught your eye, though. She did. She was cute. Yeah. Still is. Well, yeah. she, she was an athlete, too. She was, yeah. She was a cross-country runner. Okay. And and uh, at Taylor, too. And, um, yeah, we really got to know each other well on a mission trip to Australia. Oh, and, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in our junior year for a month. Where in Australia did you go? We went to Canberra, uh-huh. uh, Sydney, and Newcastle. Yeah. Like, for a month. So, we, like, about a 10 days in each place. But it was really cool. And I got to know her there and... Not long after we got back, we started dating. So did she think, uh, I'm just, obviously she started to like you at some point along the line. Yeah. When did you get an indication that that would might, that, that your feelings were being, you know, shared? That's a good question. I think, um, sometime near the end of that trip. And, uh, I was like, Oh, I bet, I bet maybe, maybe this, this could happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well worth the time then. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Thank you for supporting me. All these people sending us, you know, you do this, the mission request. Yeah. 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 And uh, and that's where I met my wife. And so, yeah. How long did you date before you got married? We start, let's see, we, two years and three, four months. But most of that was long distance because we dated through the end of Taylor. And Are you the same years same age yeah same you both graduated at the same time yeah um misty was a really really good student and i wasn't as good of a student Mm. and i chose a major later and so i took an extra semester okay and so she finished and what um, was her major she was a a biology major and uh, and you were a physical therapy i was a history education major okay yep and you wanted to teach yep i actually wanted to go to law school but I figured the history education would be a good preparation. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go to law school. My dad was a judge when I was growing up in our wow. small town. And I kind of always had this like thought that, you know what? When I graduate, well, I'll go to law school. We'll practice law together and work together. It'll be great. And, uh, but it, it didn't happen. And, uh, that's not what the Lord had for us. You have the perfect accent for law. You, I, I feel like you're that. a guy who would have been in a John Grisham book somewhere along the way there. Damn. Right? That's great. I love John Grisham. I know. Yeah, I know. He always yeah. had guys like you in yeah. his books, right? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so teaching was kind of a ba- backup or it just was something else? Well, I, I always liked working with kids, mm-hmm. and um, I did that in my summers. I, I did swimming lessons and ran a swimming pool that was just like, chock full of kids everywhere and I always liked working with them and I always liked coaching mm. and cause it kept me involved with sports. So teaching seemed like a really good profession because I could coach and I always liked history a ton too. I chose history on purpose. I really yeah. liked that. And so, so yeah, so I, I told Misty, I said, don't worry, babe, I'm going to go to law school. I'm not going to be a teacher cause teachers didn't make much money. And then I pulled a bait and switch on her. And so if she <laughs> married for my money, you know, jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's yeah. It's not happened. She's not. She's gotten over the money uh, part. Yeah, for, for sure. Did she become? She became a, a physical therapist. Physical therapist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And you started teaching and coaching where? Ohio County, Kentucky. Right. They were one of our rival schools, believe it or not. Uh-huh. Um, that just one county over from where I grew up. I got offered a job there out of 
out of college and at a uh, high school at a high school Ohio County High School and teaching world civ and coaching basketball and um that's the year that um we actually got engaged and she was a student at the University of Kentucky physical therapy then yeah. and that's the year we got engaged and we got married at the end of that school year oh that's great yeah uh were you a good coach I th- I think so I really enjoyed it yeah yeah, yeah did, we, did we, parents enjoy you being their coach I think most of the time when their kids got to play in time, they thought they What's should. the worst thing you've heard from a parent? Because mm. you've coached for several years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Worst thing I've heard from a parent. I'm going to say um, it actually was on that team, the Ohio County team. I had a parent. We had we won a game by like 27. Like mm-hmm. we really drilled somebody. And the parent, the dad was ticked. His kid didn't play that well. I was like, look, you know, look at what we just, we were playing really well with who we had. And yeah. he, you know. He was just seeing it from a different standpoint. That That's a very a kind way of seeing it, yeah. saying it. Yeah. You know, parents still, they want the best for their kids. They do. Yeah. And sometimes they want to live vicariously yeah. through their kids. And that's, listen, this guy comes from a guy who was not good. Me, I was yeah. not good in the stands. It wasn't over playing time for me. It was over the injustice of the referee. <laughs> just kidding. I, I get warned about that by my bride. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it. Take it easy. Yeah. Did you ever get kicked out? No. Technical, though. Somebody must have get teed you up at yeah, some point. Yeah, because I'm so loud. Yeah. I didn't curse anybody, but I was I was just loud. Yeah. And, yeah, I got a, I got a couple. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're not a coach unless you yeah, I think get you're a in technical. That. And then your kids are like, oh, he was taken up for us. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, coach was taken up for us. And so that's kind of nice. Was your walk with Christ kind of always pretty consistent? Or was there a moment in your days where you think, ah, it wasn't as serious then? Uh, yeah, no, it was not consistent. I don't think looking back, um, I, like, I, I, like I said, I grew up in the small first Baptist church in, in Grayson County and, um, I was saved, you know, where I went forward and I, and I accepted Christ as my savior when I was young at age six. And I understood that cause my dad had walked through it with me as you know, I was really scared of the concept of hell Yeah, and you know, I was six. And so like I was, I understood and believed fully everything about Jesus and that he could save me. But I didn't, when I was in high school, I I wasn't outwardly rebellious, but I was selfish. And my life was kind of like about my own, I don't know. Yeah. Just, I don't know, whatever, whatever I wanted. Yeah. And I was like pretty, pretty content to like try to keep my faith like kind of off to the side. And, um, actually like going to Taylor was really good for me. Um, I was around some guys like at a time where you start to kind of make your faith your own yeah. and who just were trying to grow just like, and want to become like men of God. And that really like was something that was beneficial to me. And that during, during my time there, I think that's when I really kind of made the decision like, okay, I want, I want to live my life for Christ yeah. and that's what I want to do. And where you kind of make that, you know, it's really an intentional decision mm-hmm. choice, you know? Do you find it hard being in a public school system even back then as a Christian? Mm, not in Kentucky at all because it, yeah. it, culturally it was, it was cultural Christianity was right. everywhere. Um, being here, it was challenging at times, but the people I worked with were fantastic. Like they knew, they knew where I stood and what I thought about things. But um, I've just, I've always like kind of had a mindset of, I have these like pretty clear convictions and things mm-hmm. I believe, but I'm not the least bit angry about it. And I don't want to be because I don't think that appeals to people either. And um, they knew that. They knew that I was, you know, made to be pr- fairly winsome and 
hopefully fun and, you know, willing to laugh at myself some. And I think it was easier to be like, well, okay, it's, it's all right. Where did you teach? So why mm. did you move to Chicago then or to this area? It was because you got a job offer at, at teaching? Actually, when Misty finished with physical therapy school, everybody was here by then. Uh, except my parents. And so we saw the writing on the wall that probably if we wanted to be close to family, which I did having grown up so far from my grandparents, yeah. um, that this would probably be the place to do it. And so um, she got a job offer up here. And not long after we moved, I ended up getting a job a little bit later, but teaching because uh, I worked in business for a couple of years. Okay. What were you we doing were in business? Selling uh, chemicals. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. What kinds of chemicals? Wastewater treatment chemicals. Oh. Oh yeah, big time. Like so we sold chemicals um our company what they were really good at. This guy was a very sharp guy. He sold chemicals that broke down the rotten egg smell huh. in, in in city wastewater treatment facilities oh. and like chemically broke it down. And so he he had like a fledgling business and he was pretty young. Like he's done very very well. He basically discovered poopery. Yeah, right. Exactly right. right. Yeah, that's there it right. Is. Yeah. And that was but it was a good experience and uh it was interesting to do that and But you wanted to get back into the educational yeah. space. I miss teaching. Yeah. Yeah, I miss teaching. So kids. when you got back into it, where were you a teacher? First in Crystal Lake. Okay, and, uh, for yeah. Crystal Lake High School? No, actually, I, I coached at Crystal Lake Central High School for four years while I was a, I was a hi history teacher at Crystal Lake uh, called, at the time it was called North Middle School. Now okay. it's called Bernotis Middle School. Did you yeah. like teaching middle school? You know, it was different. Um, I always I always did best with high schoolers, but I really grew to like the middle school kids. They're an acquired taste. Yeah. You know, we have middle schoolers now that are the same age, and um but I really but those did hormones like racing them. through their bodies. They're not sure yeah. what to do. All gangly. Yeah, I had eighth graders too. Yeah. I mean, eighth graders are kind of like peak middle school. Yeah, and you know, stinky boys, oh. like as silly as you can get. Yeah. And uh, but um, girls always wanting the attention oh, yeah. for the boys. Yeah, but the boys are like, I don't even know you. Yeah. Or they would hit them and like walk <laughs> away, you know, and like whenever that was still loud or whatever it was. And yeah, but like they are, they're they're like. You can learn a lot about like human nature by watching middle schoolers. I decided, and it's they're a unique group. And doing that like really like gave me insight for like kids that I never would have had just teaching like juniors and seniors, which is what I was used to doing. Right. And so it was good. It was very very good. But I was wanting to get back toward high school. So when did you get back? And did you get back in high school? I did. Yeah. From from 2007, I took a job at Conant High School, not far from here, here in Hoffman Estates. And I was there um, for the next nine years. I taught history for the first the first five and, and driver's ed, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> did you have one of those cars that had the brake on your oh, side? Yeah. Had the brake. And uh, we had some. Very, Were you a frequent user of the brake? Um, with some kids, yeah. And uh, we had some pretty scary experiences on Higgins Road. <laughs> yeah. Um, you couldn't describe it well on a podcast, but I no. can say, like, I, I've had some kids who, like, were ghostly pale in the backseat when I would turn around and check on them. Like, you okay now? And and uh, we had we had once where I did have to grab the wheel and jam my foot over on the other side and pull back over the median. Oh my. Um, because we had jumped it. That was the wildest <laughs> one of all. Yeah. We had jumped the median. Yeah. My life insurance went way down when I stopped yeah. doing driver ed. So that was a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start going to harvest Bible chapel? 
in. Did you um, go to a church when you first came? We did. Yeah. Um, we attended Willow Creek when we first came yeah. and, um, which we started there. My wife's family grew up going to church there. Her, she, when she grew up in this area and her parents still attended it at the time when we moved and we, and we went there and we, we started attending harvest in 2009. Okay. Yeah. So quite a while ago now. I was going to say, yeah. it's like 14 yeah. years. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. It is a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. You eventually came to Harvest Christian Academy. Yes. From You didn't teach at Harvest Christian Academy Correct. before you came. You came as an administrator. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That would have been a jump, Talbot. I mean, when I say jump, like a different, it's a different thing than teaching a class. It was. Yeah. It was, um, it was a jump for sure. I did know the school as a parent. Okay. So it was helpful for that. Like my, my oldest two are uh, 12 now and uh, they're in the seventh grade and my youngest Maggie is nine. And at the time I came, I came, they, my oldest two had been in for three years. And so we'd gotten to see the school as a parent. And I had always planned to send my kids to, to Christian school and to HCA for a couple of years and then get them into public school. I was like, well, let's just get them off to a good start. But after we, <laughs> the first parent conference, when I met their teachers and their teachers are telling us all these things about my kids that I didn't know yet because yeah. they would watch them with each other and with others, I was sold right away. I yeah. told Misty, I was like, we're never leaving here. Yeah. And we kind of laughed on the way home from that. And, and uh, boy, was that true. And uh, so the, then... Uh, after a few years as an administrator at Conant, um, I was there for four years. So you were there, you were an administrator there. Yes. Why did yeah. you decide to go from teaching to administration? I was encouraged to do it by, one, uh, there was a guy there who was, he was the principal and he was my official boss, but he was one of the best guys I ever worked for, Tim yeah. Cannon. And he, he said, look, you know, you've done a great job in the classroom and you've really had a big impact, but like you should shoot for a bigger impact. And if you're a good administrator, you'll impact more people and you can help more. And he knew that that was like, cause I really given up the classroom was very hard. Mm -hmm. After I was offered that job, I took about a week or two to say, yes, it was really like, I felt real torn. Yeah. And, um, I ended up doing it and it was like, it was challenging with lots of good experiences. Was it a principal position or yeah, a, it was, I was an assistant principal yeah. there. Yeah. So in, in those days, well, my, when I was a kid, the assistant principal was a heavy. Oh, yeah. He used to do, you did not want to get on the wrong side of. We did a lot of discipline. That was most, most of my stuff was discipline, like investigations, like chasing kids and all kinds of things. And that was, that was tricky because I, the part I liked about the classroom the most was like the relationships with the kids. Right. And now I'm. I don't have that much relationship. I'm just like, yeah. And, all the, and you're only dealing with the ones em. that are the hard ones. Sometimes, yeah. Right. The ones who don't want to be there or whatever. Yeah. Chances are, if I knew you really well, there was a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So how did, did, I mean, I'm assuming somebody, uh, was it Luke McDonald? He asked you to come here or was it somebody else who decided that they were going to, they just said, Hey, we need to have an administrator. You yeah. Um, well, I think he mentioned it to me and it just maybe He's started. Your he was That's my neighbor saying, at yeah. the time. Yeah, we were neighbors. Um, and it was before actually we were even neighbors when he mentioned it to me. And, um, and a couple of the church leaders said, Hey, we really want you to think about this. And, and, and we even got down the road a couple, like one time before, just like about it. And we all agreed after some, like a lot of talk and prayer that I wasn't ready for it yet. And it, which was good because at the time I definitely would not have been, and I, it wouldn't have been a good, it wouldn't have set up well. But the second time around in 2016, I was a little bit more willing to look at it hard because it was going to be a big shift. Like walking away from public mm -hmm. school here is walking away from a pretty, a good pension system right. and some nice things like that. And it would have been, it was more of a risk, but it was, I felt, 
all right, I think I'm ready to like take on something new. And we found what was the big draw to it? Was it the school? I'm just interested. Yeah. Um, the potential, yeah, the potential. And, And that was, um, they understood like what made me tick when, when we were all discussing it, they said, look, you know, we're, we're ready to support the school in like big ways. And we think the school can be one of the best schools anywhere in the Chicago area. And I really like that. That's a, that was an attractive thing to try to like put your stamp on something. Right. Yeah. I was that age where you're like trying to, you know, figure out like what, what kind of mark you're going to leave. Right. And so what has been, what's the favorite you've been at six years? Seven yeah. Years. This is my seventh year. <clears throat> so yeah. what has been the most enjoyable part? Mm. That's a good question. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, being in the school with my kids. Yeah. Cause yeah. you get to see them. Yeah. I get to day. see them. They'll, they get um, to tell their friends, don't mess with me. Yeah. My dad. I, I don't know if they do that. We should ask other. I don't think they do that necessarily, but I think they go the other route. Like a, a smart guy told me a long time ago who I just love dearly. He said, keep a snack drawer. Yeah. And he said, your kids will come and pick up snacks anytime. They'll just say hi. They'll say, hi, dad, love you. And they'll grab a snack and they'll go and they'll, and let their friends do it. And so like, I have a pretty, I have seen your snack drawer. Yeah. I have visited yeah. your snack yeah. drawer. You're Talbot. welcome to anytime. Well, yeah. I have yeah. Yeah. Talbot. <laughs> It's, There's some good stuff. In it, yeah, right. Well, it, and it, it, it works, right? Yeah. Kids love food. Yeah. And so my kids, they stop and see me. Um, oh, two of them did the day even. Like they wanted to stop and get some Takis. Yeah. You know, those hot, spicy Takis that kids love. And uh, and I get to say hi. And it's just real quick. But that's by far the best part. That's right. really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hardest part? Dare I ask? <sighs> I mean, look, yeah. It's, the, yeah. the challenge with administration is probably the same as kind of pastoral ministry. Sometimes it's the politicking and the, all the, you know what I mean? The, yeah. It's just, there've been, there've been some tough things. I think the, even with all the things that have happened with harvest in the last seven years, I still would say the hardest part of all has been COVID yes. because there was just no winning, it, no. you know, like you're, you're just trying to help, you know, make things as normal as you can for kids. But like on one side, you're like, you don't oh, yeah. care if everybody dies. And on the other side, you're like, they're like JB Pritzker stooge yeah. and yeah. Don't you dare give in to that man. You yeah. Know? It, it was tough. That was really hard. Anybody who had to be in a position of making uh, policy decisions for any institution, whether it's a yeah. church or a school was in a position where they, they were going to get hammered from one side or another. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, when I was up in Canada uh, during COVID obviously, and then I came here and then I went back up and it, the COVID stuff lasted longer in Canada. I mm. went back up there. Uh, months after coming here, and I spoke at a conference of pastors, and I honestly, I have not seen a group of people so beaten down. Mm. I mean, these brothers who I'd known for years looked like, I mean, I had, I don't know how many private conversations where guys were coming over to me and saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that. And so well, you're like, well, what is it? What's going on? It's just, it's the COVID stuff. Yeah. And it's not, look, it's not that I, I'm afraid of COVID or I'm against right. it, like, like a mask or whatever. I don't, I don't care. I just feel like my whole, ch- my whole church wants to kill each other yeah. over this. And like you, same thing. You're in a situation where you're at this school, Christian school, and you want to keep, you do. Everybody yeah. wants to keep the schools open. You think it's best for yeah. the kids. And then you might have disagreements with the government or you might like, how do you handle that? And yeah. Yeah, it was. And we do, we have great people. But we have people who have strong opinions and oh, it's, you know, that it all comes to the same thing. They care about their kids or they're, or they were f- concerned and, um, or they felt like their freedoms were being infringed on. And like th- the challenging <laughs> thing, you know, and that is like, um, I had to make a ton of decisions that yeah. personally 
I really hated. Right. Uh, I, I even said to a friend last year, I said, you know, I can't remember the last decision I made that I enjoyed. Right. But that's kind of the position you're in. And you you, you've got yeah. to do what's well, best. especially too, because you're as a school, you're interfacing even more with the government than yeah. a lot of times churches, because you know, church can just be like, whatever, you know, what are you going to do? But the school, if you decide to go against the government, then you're going to lose out on either financing or you're going to lose out on like competition in your right. sports. Right. If you choose to go with the government, you're going to, you know, you, of course there's lots of Christian people who are like, this is wicked and right. it's just hard. And yeah. it was hard. Yeah. I'm thankful that it's over. Me too. Like, so Lord, glad. please let it be over. Please let it be over. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm very thankful, but it, it created so much difficulty for so many people. So I, I understand why you would say that that's yeah. the thing. Although I do think there's going to come a day way down the track where some of us will tell we, our grandkids are going to come along and we're going to say, let me tell you <laughs> yeah. about what it was like to be a, to be a decision maker yeah. in that time. And yeah, there'll be some good stories. <laughs> there will be some good stories and some crazy stories. Yeah. Like, yeah, people lost their minds on all sides mm. of the issue. Even, even me. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, you are no longer going to be doing this job though. Correct. Yeah. Um, Why? You're, you, was it me? It was no, 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 no. It's, uh, it, um, yeah, it, it's funny. Um, cause my hope was my plan all along was to, I wanted to get through till at least Maggie was done. Yeah. My youngest, she's in fourth grade. So we're still ways to go. She's like a 31. Yeah. I call them all by their numbers. So 31. she's a 31. My, my big kids are 28s. And, um, so I was, that was what our hope was. And, um, I started probably a, a little bit at the start of last year to feel a little restless for the first time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that just accelerated throughout the year, you know, for various things. And, um, I'm not surprised yeah. though, again, that the end of COVID and it, I don't know, yeah. it just tended to, I don't know, clarify things for a lot of us. Yeah. And what, it, what the next things were. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that, I think it's, uh, I feel like the school, thankfully, I think is in a good, solid place and real stable. Are they ever? Yeah, I feel like it's really stable. And we have a great group, great team, great teachers. Like, it's really, a, it's, it, the Lord has been really kind to us in so many ways. And um, it, you know, it's ready for the next person in the seat. You know, I was somebody to fill the seat for a few years and just like some really great people who were there before me. And, you know, the Lord, the Lord's faithful and his provision's good. And so... I know the school will be in really good hands, and yeah. uh, not even knowing what it's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. Talbot, I have to tell you something important. All okay? right, I said this about uh, lots of leaders of this church. I, I actually think that there's a special smile on the face of Jesus when uh, he thinks of all that you guys have sacrificed for the good of this church over the last, I don't know, four or five years. And it's not just been one thing, right? right. It's been several things here and there. Some of the challenges. Uh, that everybody knows about in, in the news and stuff, and then other issues related to the COVID and thing. It's just like one thing after another, after another, after another. And guys like you who were able to see the school through that, I, I mean, not only that, but have come out the other side. And we had a the HCA gala the other day. Yeah. I was at, and a record amount of money was raised, yeah. uh, and it was the largest gala ever. And I, I don't know, man, I just think that, that you should, you should tip, I don't know. I give you a tip of the hat and I think that, <laughs> uh, no, I do. I think yeah. that Jesus has a special smile on his face for the people who are able to hold on to the ministries that were yeah. 
happening and be able to at least steer them. Cause I mean, you were, you were staring in the midst of a, a, a hurricane, but you've been able to steer it into a place now where the storm is at least subsiding a bit. Yeah, and it feels that way. There'll yeah. be there'll be more storms, I'm sure, in the future. But yeah. you know, I, it doesn't need to be your wheel. You can take a wheel of another boat somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's yeah. I think I think you're hitting it on the head. But that's kind. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's not kind. <laughs> it's the truth. Um, God bless you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of the ministry here. I've. You, I met you. Actually, I met you yeah. when when they were saying weren't telling anyone that I yeah. was someone. Although I'm, it was pretty obvious. I hope to people. Like, I, well, I oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talbot, <laughs> you, but you showed us around school. They said, "Give Jeff a good tour so he'll come." Yeah, and I was like, no. "Oh boy, this when is I, pressure." When I uh, no, but I immediately <laughs> felt like you were a man after my own heart in yeah. terms of just you know, a, a common spirit. Yeah. Like like to laugh, enjoy some sports, and yeah. Cheers to that. Also have yeah. opinions, just like I do. <laughs> yeah. So you and I've had lots of good conversations. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for you very much, brother. Yeah. And, thank you, uh, Misty, and all the sacrifice you guys have made. This obviously sounds like it's goodbye. It's not goodbye. No. Yeah. But I'm really happy that people were able to hear your story and about what it is that uh, makes you makes you go. And there'll be a lot of people I imagine who listen to this will be like, I didn't know that about Talbot. All so right. Yeah. Next time, maybe. We have like four listeners, though. Yeah, so well, in Grayson County, we're going to double it. There's yeah. four people. Yeah, they're going to hear all the yeah. love I got Grayson County and be yeah. really happy about that. <laughs> anyway, great to have you. Thanks for listening, all of you. Uh, we will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.